Welcome to Dig It. This is Edge with my co-host Corey Lynn of Corey's Jigs, and today we have a very special guest. I'm going to hand it to Corey for the introduction. We have my good friend Seamus Brunner on, author of Control Garks, as well as several other books you've published. And I know you've been working on this one for a long time because we've talked about it. Uh, can you believe it's been five years? Uh, so Seamus has... Uh, a brilliant mind. He's a brilliant researcher and has published, everyone has to get this book, Control Agarchs, Exposing the Billionaire Class, Their Secret Deals, and the Globalist Plot to Dominate Your Life. So, of course, we're talking about Bill Gates, Mark Bezos, George Soros. Uh, did I just say Mark Bezos? I meant Mark yes. Zuckerberg, <laughs> Jeff Bezos, and, <laughs> and Klaus Schwab. And I'm going to have you give a little background, but just, just so people, I mean, you've been doing deep research for a very long time. Um, and you would be, you would be like my go-to, you're the one person I can text at like two or three in the morning and be like, Hey, have you seen this? And I'll actually get a response. <laughs> so get, give people a little background on you for any, any of those who are not familiar with you. Well, thank you, Edge. Thank you, Corey, so much. It's uh, it's great to be with you guys. I've been really looking forward to this, although sort of uh, dreading because every other show I go on, everybody's just blown away and they've never heard of most of this stuff. But I know that both of you are like the most talented diggers out there. So you're going to you're going to know some of this stuff, but uh, a lot of people don't. And that's why it's important to get it out there. Um, back, my background, I worked with the guy Peter Schweitzer, some have heard of uh, Clinton Cash maybe was a book he did that I worked on. Um, I've worked with Peter since 2011 on a book called Throw Them All Out, uh, referring to all the members of Congress because we dislike both sides equally. And uh, that exposed the insider trading in Congress, stock queen Nancy Pelosi, stuff like that. And uh, we've, we've had some really good results. We've had some legislation passed, the Stock Act, Stop Trading on Congressional Knowledge, that uh, people attribute to our work. Uh, we've kicked off at least five uh, FBI investigations. Of course, they went nowhere. But the Clinton cash stuff with the Uranium One uh, scandal, that kicked off five separate field office investigations into the Clintons. Uh, James Comey, uh, Andrew McCabe, and others shut those down real quick, which is why I wrote the book compromised how money in politics drive FBI corruption. Uh, that was all about how they get rich off of security clearances and they pass through the revolving door and of course are totally corrupt. And uh, after that, I did the book Fallout, Nuclear Bribes, Russian Spies, and the Washington Lies that Enriched the Clinton and Biden Dynasties, sort of a mouthful. But that really picked up the Uranium One reporting and proved that a, obviously, Donald Trump is not a Russian asset, and B, obviously, the Democrats are in a lot of ways. At least they took money from the Demo uh, from the Russians uh, in a number of ways. Obama was really the president who was weak and soft on Russia when he canceled missile defense and all these kinds of things that the Obama-Biden administration did. Um, let's see, Secret Empires. So I've worked on probably 10 books uh, in total. Secret Empires by Peter Schweitzer, that blew the lid off of the Biden corruption saga that's currently resulting in what should be impeachment, which absolutely bribery. Uh, Congress shouldn't be afraid to call it what it is. 
currently they're falling into this trap that the, the Democrats and team Biden have set for them, which is, uh, well, Joe never got paid. Um, that doesn't matter. The bribery statute is very clear. 18 USC section 201 says anything of value for any official action. So when the Chinese uh, communist party intelligence apparatus wires in, in total combined $31 million to the Biden family. And then Joe Biden does official actions and does favors and he's weak on China. That's an official action that equals bribery. It doesn't matter if the money made it into Joe's accounts. Now, of course, we know that Joe Biden absolutely got money into his accounts from Hunter, from James. They dressed it up as like loan repayments and various other shady things. Uh, Hunter was paying Joe's bills. Uh, you know, there was a, a granddaughter's trust fund that was capitalized. Uh, office space after Joe Biden left office was paid for with Chinese money. So Joe's absolutely gotten a stream of benefits. He's corrupt. We all know that. And so that's sort of why I wrote this book, Control Oligarchs. And it was it was really born out of the pandemic. Um, while we were all locked down, forced to wear masks, a lot of people were forced to get jabs. Uh and I don't call them vaccines, and you guys know why, because they're not vaccines. Um, and while our businesses suffered, our kids got dumber, not going to school. Uh, these guys, the guys on the cover of the book, got filthy rich. They doubled their net worth in some cases. Mark Zuckerberg was worth just in the $60 billion range in 2019. He's now worth up around $120 billion, And that's because everybody's locked in their house, scrolling their news feed, looking for the latest guidance from Dr. Fauci. Um, and so, yeah, everybody knows they got rich. That's that's not exactly new news. What is new in this book and what really blew me away is what they're doing with all of their new ill-gotten gains. That's a pun. Uh, <laughs> that while we were getting sick, they were getting rich. Um, so these ill-gotten gains, they're using them on things. And I know, Corey, you've done excellent work on digital ID, um, a lot on CBDCs in here. Um, and the, the AI revolution um, and how it's not as cool and awesome as you might think. And uh, let's see, the farm takeover, uh, Bill Gates and, uh, you know, with the t buying the farmland, but not just the farmland. Everybody knows he's kind of buying up this farmland. But what he's doing with it is he's putting it into this leading harvest standard that's going to end up putting all of his competitors. That would be the family owned farms, the generation owned farms, the smallholder farms out of business just ask any farmer you can't really make a profit in the farming industry and so they're all going out of business it's going to be factory farms it's going to be uh you know the vertical farms and, and stuff like that but he's not just buying the land he's also investing in the new gmo uh genetic fertilizers and partnerships with like bayer, bayer monsanto and the ginkgo BioWorks. he's investing in appeal uh, you know, which is this weird coating that's set out on all of your fruits and veggies. You don't really have a choice unless you grow your own. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's all, I mean, it's just like staggering the amount of things in the food space that Bill Gates is investing in. And, uh, yeah, there's a whole lot more <laughs> there is, Tell me where you want to go. There is a whole lot more. This is a 367 page book. I thoroughly enjoyed going through the 16-page uh, index because it was all in alphabetical order. I love, I love, I'm like you. We love details and connecting all these dots. And you've got 76. The index is the first notes. place to go. The, in the index. That's exactly is where I went. To go. <laughs> I'm glad that's where you went. It's because you're a good digger. 
our minds think so similar it's so fun we would have a blast doing deep dives together so i want to ask you so i was looking through and i'm like all right a lot of these guys you know i've covered i'm sure you've you've dug into some things i haven't you kind of took this like you said thirty thousand foot view over the whole scope of this and i just want to want to show people or tell people i don't know if it's you want to pull up the site for a second edge I'll I'll read. I want to just read off your chapters so people understand. So you get into the good club, the gates of hell. That was, that was the title for one of my articles on, on Mr. Lovely Gates, the great reset, the power grab, the war on farmers, the open society scheme, follow the money, mainstream mind control, the dystopian present and the end game. And, and speaking of follow the money, you actually have, don't you have um you have a background in studying money laundering correct yeah i I studied to be a certified anti-money laundering specialist acams i took the courses went to the conferences it's sort of a scam uh you know sorry any acams holders um but i did not take i haven't taken the test uh but i know all of the all of the tactics um I just hate taking tests. I, I do really well on them, but that's why I hate taking them is because unless I, unless I know I'm going to pass, I don't know that I want to take it. So I still am allowed to take it whenever I want. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll just like do it and see if I pass, but I'm like, well, it's I, really about having it, the like, knowledge oh. though. Yeah. It's about, it's about having the knowledge. So I, like you only need the certification if you're going to go work at a bank. Um, I don't think I'm going right. to do that, but uh, one day I'll take it and get certified in ACAMS and it won't really change my life at all. But uh, that's what we do. We follow the money. And so uh, building spreadsheets, love doing that. That's kind of where I started. I mean, I just started with really basic, uh, very simple methodology with the with the net worth. I mean, I used the Forbes, Forbes calculation for before pandemic, Forbes calculation after pandemic or, or present day, or, you know, I kind of used an endpoint of around 2022. Um, and yeah, I mean, Elon Musk is, if he, he featured prominently, I kind of had a war with the publisher, love the publisher, but, uh, they didn't want, uh, yeah, they said it was too crowded. So I, I won't uh, cast any motives, but they said it was too crowded on the cover. So, uh, I've actually had some people leaving reviews on Amazon and stuff saying, why isn't Elon Musk in the book? He's like, well, tell me you haven't read it without reading it because he's all throughout the book. Uh, he quadrupled up. Yeah. He went from like 20 billion to 250 or something or oh, I, mean, wow. I don't know it was uh it's a yeah he, he got a ton of money uh over the course of the pandemic and that was through some deals with china where he was setting up uh, giga factories in china um he's deeply in bed with the chinese communist party and uh but he's also got these technocrat ambitions so actually i haven't done any uh talks about elon musk on the news uh if you wanted to talk about him a little bit that would be thoroughly entertaining for me because i think i'm one of the few out there that uh are in this in the smaller group of people that see through it all and i keep you know i say you know if 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 i'm proven wrong i will you know happily admit it but from everything i've dug into and witnessed and observed i think he's he's the guy that becomes your friend and leads you off the plank so is the pied piper the judas goat yeah yeah so so do tell or the devil's devil's champion What's that? The Devil's Champion. You you saw oh, that yeah. costume he wore on this Halloween, where it's got yeah. you know Baphomet and upside yeah. down crosses. I mean, like they symbols. You know, symbols are their. Uh, <laughs> but then people will rationalize that. People will rationalize it right. and say, "Oh, he's just oh, trolling it's just a the deep state." 
Yeah. So Come so on. so what Come connections? On. What connections with China, or what do you want to share about them that you think people might not be aware of? Yeah. Well, actually, uh, that's that's perfect because we can talk about China and we can talk about Elon. And here is here's what I I'll say because I've talked to you know I just talked to some people earlier today. And they're like, oh, but Elon Musk is doing good things. And other people at this uh, lunch I was at uh, said, uh, you know, they they said, no, 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 he's, you know, they agree with us, Corey, that he's maybe not uh, yeah. a good guy. So I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm with you. You know, I'll happily, happily be proven wrong. Um, and I don't actually say, you know, that he isn't a good guy. I just uh, say that he's, uh, you know, got these connections and this history and this sort of technocratic streak running through him. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I applaud him on the free speech stuff. I'm still shadow banned or whatever. So like, I'm not reaping the huge rewards of the free speech platform of Twitter. Like I used to get 10 times the engagement before the pandemic, before uh, the election, before January 6th. There's been a few uh, big events where just telling the truth puts you in the penalty box. But um, but, but let me so, just so, add know, though, to what you just said, though, with the with the free speech stuff and getting everyone, you know, um, on Twitter and and bringing back some of the old accounts, um, that's that that's just inviting you into the den because this is where we want to, you know, take control and turn it into a whole financial and yada 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 with the AI and on and on. So I, I still can't look at that and say, well, this is this is a solid, you know, where are his motives, where are his morals, what what's this really about? So anyway, so go ahead, keep going. What are the connections with China? Tell sure. me that part. With between so, Elon the, well, the, so you want to go with with Elon Musk? I mean, he's he makes a boatload of, uh, off of China. That's where a lot of his uh, Teslas are manufactured. A lot of the parts for the Teslas are manufactured. Uh, Peter Schweitzer, did, uh, he's, he's got a great quote in the book. I mean, I almost should pull it up. Um, which be, I'll pull it up. Uh, where he loves the uh, the cheap Chinese labor. They What does he say? They burn the midnight oil or they uh, <laughs> you know, they work till 3 a.m. They're so, they're so industrious, those Chinese working for two bucks an hour. Um, so that's not a very good guy thing to say. Um, and uh, the rest of the the rest of the control guards, they all love China too. I mean, people talk about like we need to get tough on China, or we need you know China is our adversary. It's like who are you talking about? We and our because people like Elon Musk, or I mean maybe not Elon so much, but people like Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and Anthony Fauci, they got more Mitch McConnell. They they've got more in common with Xi Jinping than they do with us, and we've got more in common with your average Chinese uh, peasant than we do with any of these guys. Uh, so there's no we here when people talk about decoupling and, uh, you know, stuff like that, they don't want to decouple the control guards don't want to decouple. They don't see China as an adversary. They don't see him as an enemy. They see them as a partner and a friend. And, you know, the conventional wisdom has always said, well, yeah, they just, you know, they, they look the other way on the human rights stuff because they're trying to make money and maybe, um, you know, that's certainly a big part of it, of course, is making the money using the cheap labor, um, you're getting the cheap goods and all of that. But there's an ideological uh, overlap, too. And, and it's like, you know, this technocratic streak in Elon Musk is not quite like the stakeholder communist Klaus Schwab view. Um, mm -hmm. But techno technocrats and, and not Elon, and I'm sorry to be bouncing around, but uh, Elon Musk is definitely a tech a technocrat. And that is inherently an un undemocratic belief system where the scientific elite, the experts, 
the expert class should make all the decisions. You're not going to be able to vote on anything. Uh, they're not going to be elected. Uh, they're, they're, and that, that means they're not accountable to anything. So they can, they can screw things up. They can get it wrong. They can say, trust the science and the science can be wrong and nobody can do anything about it. That's what technocracy is. Uh, technocracy is like what you saw through the pandemic. Just shut up, uh, get back in your homes, listen to the experts. And so Elon Musk's grandfather on his mother's side was actually the like founder or like originator, like the guy who kicked off the technocracy movement in Canada. And even they were, his family was in Canada until, uh, you know, the Canadian government back when it might, might've been a little more based, uh, kicked the technocrats out or kicked at least Elon Musk's grandfather out and sent him off to South Africa um, but, you know, the, he was a guy who thinks that uh, the voters shouldn't, the, the grandfather, voters shouldn't be deciding things, but leave it up to the engineers. People like Elon Musk will be the rulers. And uh, you can certainly see where Elon has carried on that a little bit. He thinks, um, you know, he, he, be, he believes in things like digital ID and digital currency and not just decentralized digital currencies. Um, and, I, and I get into the CBDCs versus decentralized crypto in the book. But, uh, yeah, he's I mean, he's. Uh, Definitely got There's some so many things I want to fire off. There's so many things I want to fire ahead. off. Go ahead. Like the, so they, all like, love, they all love China and they want to make us like China, not the other way around. That's that's uh, well, and we have a lot of Chinese coming through the borders right now. So so what do you make of that? What what do you think the the play is? Yeah, well, it's I mean, it's so obvious and it's like it's so frustrating for everybody. I know everybody out there, I'm sure you're frustrated. Like the I'm, I'm you know, furious <laughs> uh, that we're losing our country and countries all around the world are losing their countries because this the steady flow open borders. And so um, like the, the, the key to understanding what's going on around us is that the number one goal of the control oligarchs is to take power away from individual countries, take power away from individual people, people like you and me take it away from countries like the USA and, and any country in the West and transfer that power to institutions, international, supranational institutions that they control institutions like the United Nations, like the world health organization, like the world economic forum, the world bank They're They've constructed these institutions and this has been a long-term play. It's been 50, 60, I mean, going back to Woodrow Wilson in a way with the league of nations, but almost a, you know, a century ago, but, Certainly, since the creation of the UN and the World Bank and the World Health Organization, and the, the goal of the control of is, states, which oh, goes yeah, back OAS to the, and, which and, oh, goes back to eighteen ninety, which they started working on. And I think it was in like eighteen twenty six. So I mean, yeah. So yeah. Continue. Go ahead. Yeah, and the OECD and all of these these globalist organizations that are unelected and unaccountable. I mean, the EU is unelected. They they would love a rule by like an EU type body where you're not voting. It's like voted by the 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 blessed aristocrats of each country. Um, and so the goal, the number one goal, transfer the power from us to them. And uh, the, the, the things like open borders is so a weakening nations, weakening their borders. All of the crime we see weakening their money system with all of the inflation that we see. I mean, just every bit of chaos that you see on a daily basis is all about weakening this country, weakening all countries so that they can come in and solve the crises that they created, their manufactured crises. I mean, it's like 
it's i mean it's crazy you're just watching them manufacture these crises and then they come in with like solutions like oh what's the solution to open borders migration well we got to get a, give everybody an id and i guess they think that like people who are concerned about losing their country to millions of people coming in with no ids no documentation i guess we're all supposed to celebrate yeah let's get a digital id so we can track the migrants um in yeah. yeah. ireland is like a great a, Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and then they're talking about, Dick Durbin was just talking about, uh, oh, I just totally. Having them go to war, war. sign up for the military, right? Right, right, right. Oh my gosh. And having them, yeah, let's weaponize them from the inside. And then, and then if they do a good job, we'll make them citizens. And you know, what's weird. So I was trying to find that the bill he was referring to. And the only one I could actually find was back from July. Of this year so this is something that unless you know how they do that like ed i know well you guys both look up bills like i do and they'll you'll see one and then all of a sudden like nothing happens but then they'll call it something else and it moved along in under a different name yes. so yeah so i'm not sure like the green new deal and now it's the inflation right. reduction act it's downright <laughs> diabolical they call the inflation <laughs> right. reduction act when it gives 400 billion dollars to green companies like the ones that bill gates invests in he's you know he's got his terra power bezos has got his you know rivian electric vehicles um you know they've all got these green investments and this is one of the biggest outrages in the book is how much corporate welfare is given to i just call it the welfare for the control oligarchs it's like why do these guys who doubled and quadrupled their net worths to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars trillions of dollars while we all lost everything why do they get our taxpayer money so that they're like bets on various green companies and they go belly up Protero. This was a big electric, like electric bus company. Kamala Harris touted it. Uh, Energy secretary Jennifer Granholm was actually invested in it. Even while she became the energy secretary, uh, she, you know, she wow. claims she divested, but they can, it's just a shell game. So someone else is invested in it, but no, it gets all of this taxpayer money. Proterra does. And then it goes files for bankruptcy. It's like another Solyndra. So yep. this, this Inflation Reduction Act and all of this, this welfare for oligarchs, I mean, that's like the number one, one of the number one things. There's so many things that we need to do. But what our lawmakers need to do is cut off the funding for these control oligarch organizations. It shouldn't be controversial. Why the World Economic Forum gets taxpayer, U.S. taxpayer money. Why are we like bankrolling the country club for the elites who are trying to build systems of control. It's just insane. Right. And they all have freaking immunities. And Even it's all money laundering. Right. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, like, aren't these green totally. contracts, aren't they pretty much just like everybody's getting kickbacks? I mean, and I know that you have a, a background in, you know, analyzing this kind of stuff, the money laundering aspect. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, you cannot fathom, nobody can, can fathom how much money, Ever, like since COVID has been robbed from us, but now you feel it every time you go buy groceries. You, it's like, and, and so many people don't get the connection. I mean, it's so insane. Like my left-wing friends are like, no, that's just because like the grocery stores are getting greedy and jacking up the prices. Like if you're not noticing inflation right now, uh, you're either like extremely rich or you just like have no clue what's going on. But how does inflation happen? They print money, they inflate our money supply, and then they go and give it to themselves and they dump it into these companies like a Solyndra type or a Proterra type and everybody gets stocks and then they jack up the stock prices and then they dump the stocks and then it files for bankruptcy and we never get paid back. 
uh, of course, the investors always get paid back um, and they always make money. That's that's how Bill Gates is. Uh, you know, he, he set up this so-called charity uh, for every dollar he gives away to charity, which is his own charity. It's not exactly charity if you're just giving it to yourself and to something that advances your own interests. Uh, but for every dollar he gives to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, he's gotten two dollars in return. So uh, I'm pretty sure he's not a magician. And and he moves his money. So when I was tracking his money, it's like he has the Bill and Melinda Gates, uh, the trust. So he's got the trust where he has all his investments and then on a whole bunch in China in there. And then he funnels money from there. And his buddy Warren helps him out over to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And then from there off to Gavi or the Global Fund. And it all just keeps circling around because he funds it to his friends and then they fund it back to him and then they move it out of the country and then they move it through the central banks who also have immunity. It's it's but I think it's important to note that that and, well, and just just to just to like add to that loop you mentioned just real quick, it's like and the thing that's so sick about it is the, the welfare aspect of it, where he like he uses his foundation to hype up a threat like climate change that ends up benefiting his stocks uh, right. that he's holding both personally and in the trust. And mm-hmm. the, the, those stocks jump when the government announces a hundred million dollar loan guarantee for Terra Power or Beyond Meats or whatever the, the green investment is. So like it's almost like the foundation is like a lobbying outfit that like pushes for sorts of legislation by doing a white paper on why cow farts are bad for the uh, climate or something. And then AOC like reads the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation white paper and says, oh yeah, yeah, we need to ban cows. And then well, all of a sudden the And, and the white jump. paper is funded by Gates, so. Right, right. <laughs> so it's, I mean, it's it's so crooked. Trust um, the so science, obvious. guys. Trust the science. <laughs> well, and, and I would say Gates is, you know, nothing more than a CIA or deep state front. It's like a revolving door for all of them to move their money through. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, well, and so I, I worked so hard to like prove like conclusively that it's so it's I mean, same with Elon and Mark Zuckerberg and even Jeff Bezos. Now, I did find that Jeff Bezos and Amazon were nothing until they met Microsoft. Bill Gates, father. I mean, I go through this in chapter one and I know you've looked deep into the family history. That's that's kind of what you do, Corey. It's awesome. The Larry Fink report is so good. Um, but but I, like going back to the Bill Gates senior, I mean, he was an intellectual property attorney. Mastered like the art of like. Uh, licensing and uh, you know they actually set up a way so that the uh, the colleges which all get you know are taxpayer funded University of Washington for example uh, taxpayer funds all this advances in research and science and then Bill Gates's father set up this Washington Research Institute or foundation that is able to they, they transfer the intellectual property to like a nonprofit controlled by Gates and his buddies. And then all of a sudden it ends up in the hands of a for-profit corporation. And so it's like taxpayers, fund, like we're, we subsidize the losses, we subsidize all the advances in the research. And then all of a sudden it just gets spun out into a for-profit venture and all the pro- all the profits are privatized and go into Bill Gates' pocket. This is what they did with OpenAI, right? OpenAI starts as like this nonprofit and over, like AI for the good of humanity. And now it's a $90 billion private company backed by Microsoft. So like, and it's also like working on a dystopian hellscape where we're all like out of jobs and living on a meager universal basic income check. So we are literally funding our own demise. That's what they call stakeholder capitalism, right? Right. (laughs) That is it. I need you to talk something. 
I need you to debunk yeah. something for me real quick. Frederick T. Gates. Not related, right? Or were you, because I dug and dug, and, and he's he was an advisor, worked with the Rockefellers for a long time. I was not able to make a family connection there, but we also know how these people throughout decades and centuries changed their names. So were you able to find a connection there? No, I tried so hard. I probably wasted like, uh, well, I, don't, I, I wouldn't call it wasted. I would, I would say pretty conclusively that they're not at least, it's not because only because uh, Frederick T. Gates is like not that long ago. So, you know, 1900s, early 1900s. Right. So like if there had been like a 300 years between it, then I would not be able to say conclusively, but it's pretty conclusive. Like, I mean, I, th- I no, so I can't trace William. There, so I do believe uh, Gates has slave. I mean, not that this is like, you know, I'm not one of those types who's going to say like Bill Gates has reparations or something, but I am pretty sure that like the Bill Gates line were like big slave traders, uh, the Will, uh, Bill Gates line. Uh, for, and so I, like, I trace it way back and Frederick was not like even a cousin, as far as I could tell, Frederick T. Gates, the Rockefeller advisor. Um, yeah. But there's, there's someone who did like, who's like a genealogist. I don't know if, did you find this person's like Bill Gates genealogy? Uh, I got to send this to you. It's fascinating because like, they they traced it back with like a high de- with a high degree of certainty that the Bill Gateses of Seattle, Washington, actually come from like borderline English royalty. So they're like Illuminati oh. bloodline types. Ah, <laughs> um, interesting. Like, yeah, like I want to see that. He's like the sheriff of like his great 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 grandfather was like the sheriff of Nottingham or something like that. I mean, very high up, like a, like a courtier or something. Um, and they're pretty certain about it. But they're like where it breaks off and the reason that they're very quiet about their history because there's like in between that uh, a big, I think it was like they were British slave uh, traders. So, so like mm. they don't, they don't obviously talk about that and they don't boast about that. But if you, you go back, I mean, I traced about, you know, Mary Maxwell Gates, uh, you know, both of her, uh, her father and her grandfather were extremely wealthy uh, bankers. Like one of them worked at like a federal reserve in San Francisco. Um, and so, yeah, they're, an, they're an elite family. And, uh, they yeah. maintained their eliteness, obviously. He's been right. the world's richest man for 20 of the last 30 years. And everybody knows he's been groomed. It's not like he's some genius, right? It's like everything just fell into his lap from Microsoft all the way to now being like this guru on vaccines suddenly. I mean, uh, he's not even a doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, fell into his lap or he like snatched it. Uh, you know, his own words, he said uh, it was like, you know, Apple accused him of stealing Apple's products, and there's so much proof that they that Microsoft did. Um, but but a judge ruled that it was uh, Microsoft. You know, because they were partners on one project, therefore Microsoft could steal so many, like at least 200 features from Apple. But then Bill Gates oh. actually admitted to it later, where he says, "Well, actually, it was more like Steve Jobs and I both broke into Xerox's house, and Steve Jobs stole the television, and I stole the VCR." Um, so, so he, he more or less admits to cribbing or stealing, uh, the tech behind Microsoft. And he has also admitted, you know, this is, I dug up this like interview, I think it was in like the mid nineties. It's like, oh yeah, I haven't co- coded anything since the seventies. It was the TR, TRS 86 or something. It's like a graphing calculator or even less advanced than that. It's like a, maybe like a label maker type like, device is what it looks like. Wow. Um, huh. Like that's, that was, that's the last computer programming that Bill Gates ever did. So no, he's an intellectual property artist. Um, even in the seventies, he wrote this letter, uh, open letter to computer hobbyists. It's like, all you, all you bastards stop like using my codes or my, my, you know, colleagues or business partners codes, you got to pay us. Um, because before, 
Bill Gates really pioneered like the business, the licensing model and you was, you know, end user licensing agreements, like where you click, I agree. Every time you click, I agree, just think Bill Gates is behind this. And uh, you don't like whoever wants to read the thousand page EULA. Um, yeah. so you don't even know what you're turning over, uh, what you're granting rights to for basically anything. But no, he he really pioneered the licensing model. And actually, it wasn't him. It was his father. His father worked for a company called uh, Physio Control. And Physio Control is now basically a Medtronic. It was an early defibrillator company. But uh, Physio Control would license it and, and get royalties from every company that would you know use a, uh, a defibrillator. And so... It's a, it was a it was a revenue generating model that like you basically still you own the tech you have the patents that's the key you have the yeah. patent on the tech but you let other people use it and they pay you on an ongoing basis not just once but just endlessly and so that's what he's trying to do with everything and they want to put a paywall around your entire life that's what the food is all about and he yeah. only invests in beyond meats and impossible foods after they've secured dozens or even hundreds of patents it's so sick they're patenting the protein chains patenting food you've heard about it with seeds now they're trying to do it with proteins mm-hmm. and meats uh and even breast milk for heaven's sakes these sick sick people um and so they once they have the patents the patent is a 20 year long monopoly that nobody can compete with um and because this is one of the things that gives me hope nobody likes fake meats disgusting right but then they uh, and it putting it into fortune. schools. Yeah, they're putting it into schools, so they're getting the government to make their products uh, profitable, and then they want to ban the competition. Aren't you tired of supporting globalist agendas with your hard-earned money? Sick of the impersonal big box store experience, or concerned about the safety of everyday products you use at home? I have a solution. Shopping Club Freedom is here to revolutionize the way you shop and live. Say goodbye to questionable ingredients and harmful chemicals. They provide a carefully curated selection of safe and non-toxic everyday products from fluoride-free toothpaste to safe cleaning supplies because your health and well-being matter. And my new favorite is their all-natural beef selection. You can taste the difference with their premium outstanding beef. Their commitment to quality means you can savor every bite with confidence. There's no hormones, no antibiotics, no mRNA, just pure, delicious goodness. And the best part is, it's delivered right to your door. You can enjoy the convenience of doorstep delivery. No more endless aisles or crowded checkout lines. They bring your selection straight to your home, saving you time and hassle. Join Shopping Club Freedom today and embrace a new era of shopping where you have the power to make choices that align with your values. Take control of your purchases, support local businesses, and prioritize your well-being. Your gateway to independence is just one click away, so I urge you to go to their website at shoppingclubfreedom.com and you can start your independence today. This is that embrace, extend, extinguish strategy that Microsoft pioneered. And Bill Gates wasn't like, you know, the guy to pioneer business strategies. That was something his father would do. And his father was very involved with Microsoft. He was this intellectual property guy. The embrace, extend, extinguish strategy is basically you enter an industry, you extend and you tell everybody, oh, no, we're just, you know, we're level playing field and we're, we're the good guys. And then you extend your reach and you keep extending. And that's what Amazon's also done this. And Amazon would not be possible without the Gateses. I mean, Patty Stonecipher was one of the earliest investors. I think Bill Gates Sr., or at least Microsoft in the early 90s, was one of the earliest investors in Amazon, uh, had huge amounts of stock in Amazon. So Amazon is like built off of Microsoft, essentially, and they use 
the embrace extend extinguish strategy yeah you got to see the stuff on uh like pat you know patty stone cypher right she was like the and she's now at the i think she's at the rockefeller foundation or she's bounced back and forth. i got a lot of connections to the gates foundation and rockefeller foundation i mean i know you found them too but i was like this is just too coincidentally similar to the Rockefellers, the Gates model. And then the yes. same thing with Amazon. Like, what are the, cha- what are the, cha- yeah, I mean, they, they, I mean, so uh, Perkin, you got uh, Gordon Perkin, Chris Elias, um, who's now like the president of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And they were all these like, you know, pop- overpopulation freaks who came over from Rockefeller Foundations or Ford Foundations, um, you know, into eugenics type stuff. And uh, Gates' the dad Melinda involved Gates in Foundation, Planned Parenthood. Yep, exactly. And he brought Suzanne Kluwers uh, over from Planned Parenthood to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So, um, I mean, I guess like the big picture here. So Bill Gates' father, big into overpopulation, has a bunch of buddies in overpopulation type stuff. Planned Parenthood, 1960s. Bill Gates is 15 years old or so, uh, 14, 12. And so uh, that's that in vaccines. I mean, his father was big into medical. He had very, he had a biotech he turned helped turn Seattle into a big biotech hub before Bill Gates had a Bill Gates foundation. Um, and, and Bill Gates seniors clients, he's got a lot of like biotech and biomedical clients. And that's what the university of Washington became big in because he was a uh, very he, Bill Gates senior and Barry Maxwell Gates, both alums of university of Washington. Uh, you know, that's, that, that's, that they're into that kind of stuff there. Um, then they bring, no, no, then, connect, so, no first, connection to the Maxwell. Oh, no, I Max tried. Well, I couldn't. No, no, yeah. no luck. No such luck. Just curious. Um, <laughs> I know. I know. I tried, <laughs> but I couldn't find it. Uh, they, they're they're a mysterious bunch. They they don't like to stay. You know, they're in the headlines now, but they didn't always uh, they didn't always like to. So, um, man, Robert Maxwell's a shady dude. It'd be interesting to look into him. But yeah. uh, anyway, so he, so so Bill Gates cut from Monopolis. I you know his mom gets him to deal with IBM. He's not even you know he admits he didn't even code any of the Microsoft stuff. IBM guy uh, was on the board. Uh, John Opel was on the board of the United Way with Mary Maxwell Gates in Seattle, and she basically just and I tried to look was there some sort of like an affair or whatever. But like she, <laughs> she just asked him. She just asked her good buddy John Opel, head of IBM. Uh, hey, why don't you give like this? what becomes trillion dollar contract to my like 21 year old son. Yeah. He's kind of like, you know, rough around the edges and yeah, it's not that great of a product, but you really should help him out. What do you know? He gets the deal. um, And then Microsoft becomes Microsoft. Well, all throughout the seventies, eighties, nineties, Bill Gates Jr. is becoming known as this like brutal guy to work for his sisters. I've read all the memoirs and stuff. His sister said he's a nasty person at times. His parents, you know, had to send him to therapy because he was always at war with them over quote, who was in control. Uh, and, uh, you know, the classmates of the Lakeside Programming Group, I mean, Paul Allen and some other people uh, kicked him out of the club just because he's such a jerk. Um, and then he comes back and said, better be careful. You let me back in and I'm going to take control and never give it back. Uh, so he's always had this like, you know, control freak vein. Um, but so so he was never charitable ever. His mother like would plead with him right up until she was on her deathbed in the mid 90s. She would beg him to be charitable, give away some of these many billions of dollars. You're the world's richest man. Maybe you should give some to charity. Refused. Right. Only after the Department of Justice starts looking into Microsoft uh, for its embrace, extend, extinguish-like strategies, does he do what the Rockefellers did when Standard Oil got in the same sort of uh, public relations nightmare and Justice Department nightmare? They set up the Rockefeller Foundation. 
Same thing. He sets up the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. But look, he's a software nerd. What does he know about charity? He hates charity. So what is he going to – so his father is the one who's like the first you know, head of it and co-head, and he brings in these Planned Parenthood and uh, Rockefeller Foundation people. I mean he had the Gates Learning Initiative and that has a lot of shady stuff with that. But really the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation started off as an overpopulation-type concerned foundation. And it's always been really interesting. Like if you're so concerned about overpopulation, then why are you trying to save so many lives? Right. I mean, it's like really counterintuitive. Now he's got, he's got an explanation. Yeah. I mean, like they're, they're curing poverty and they're curing starvation. Oh, they're curing malaria. They're curing everything. But wait a second. For decades and decades. And it just gets worse. (laughs) Yeah. It's really interesting. So, I mean, his explanation of that, and I mean, it's not even that good of an explanation. I mean, it's not really, I don't think a lot of data on it to prove this, but they say, you know, people in Africa and the third world, they have so many kids in agrarian societies. They have so many kids because they got to help out with the family farm and, or no, no, they don't say that. They say they have so many kids because the kids are always dying and childbirth and all this kind of stuff. And so therefore people in Africa and third world countries have lots of kids to, to compensate for the ones they're going to lose. Well, if we can assure them that they're not going to lose a child to, to malaria or starvation or whatever, then they'll be able to decide if and when to have kids and it'll be more normal. Like us. The thing he leaves out is like massive propaganda campaigns for convincing people they don't want to have kids and massive funding to abortion and birth control. Like that's, oh, yeah. that's a crucial ingredient in the overpopulation thing. They don't really talk about that, but exactly. uh, I guess it makes, I guess it makes sense. But like, why, like why, uh, if you, if you're so concerned with overpopulation, why don't you just let nature run its course? Yeah, I mean, the Clintons were heavily involved with Africa with actually training uh, nurses and uh, physicians on on performing abortions over there. So it's a big thing. Let me let me ask you this, because I've never really dug into the background of Jeff Bezos and and what like family structure he comes from. How, How deep did you go with that? Yeah, well, so Jeff Bezos is really interesting because, you know, he's always been this libertarian, uh, like seeming type. And, you know, and I give him credit. I'll be honest with you. Uh, Bezos is probably in a lot of ways the least freakish of the guys on the cover. Now, that's not to say he's not freakish, but, uh, you know, throughout the 90s, he, you know, was sort of like a free market type guy. and. Um, once he once he made the largest corporation, uh, you know, retail corporation in the world, now he starts getting these technocrat uh, sort of control like tendencies. Um, but you see, he was a you know by all accounts a normal guy. Now he couldn't get uh, funding initially, and then he meets you know these financiers and the bill like you know Gates Gates types and Gates uh, you know Stone Cipher and others. They capitalize Amazon. So I I mean I think he's maybe more of a front man. Uh, like yeah, I, mean, I I think I see more evidence for that than. Uh, than I suspected for like a Mark Zuckerberg or an Elon or Gates, but I don't have the evidence for it. I mean, it's interesting. Gates and Zuckerberg did have the same uh, Harvard computer sciences teacher. So that's maybe, uh, you know, What's a connection that, that I didn't Zuckerberg's get to Family. What about Zuckerberg? I think his father's like, his father's like an orthodontist. Like Bill Gates certainly has like the most interesting family. Now I didn't get all the way in. Zuckerberg's got a sister and she's funding a lot of these, uh, fake meats and type things, but uh, okay, no, no, no. With Zuckerberg, no, this is, he was part of the Johns Hopkins. Oh my gosh, sorry, uh, I'm getting a call. 
this Johns Hopkins, like it's like kind of like a Klaus Schwab young global leaders thing. I'm getting deafened in my ear. Um, let me let me mute this. Sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, he was part of what is it called? It's like it's not. It's the, the Johns. It's the like I mean, Sergey Brin was part of it. I think like Lady Gaga was part of it. It, it was long before there were any of the you know these popular like the Google head or you know Lady Gaga. But there was like it was like 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 a camp. Let me find out what it is because it's worth knowing. Zuckerberg was part of that, so like he he definitely had like an elite grooming and launch that he doesn't ever and he never talks about it. That's the thing. Center for it's the center for talented youth. That's something that like I, I touch on in the book. Sorry, I just found it. Um, the center for talented youth. I think he was like twelve or something. So I mean, think about that. You go to this Johns Hopkins Center oh, wow. for Talented Youth. Uh, founded in 1979. Let me just see the famous, famous alums. Uh, Lady Gaga, Sergey Gabrin of Google, uh, 32, or no, six of the 32 Rhodes Scholarships uh, in 2006. <clears throat> Mark Zuckerberg, Andrew Yang, and a bunch of other people who are like YouTube higher-ups and various other types of... Uh, People who all have their own Wikipedia pages, I'll put it that way. So they way. were groomed, yeah. Yeah, it's so, like the World uh, Economic Forum's yeah, to- global totally leaders before the World Economic Forum yes. even existed, really. Or actually, World Economic Forum's been around for a while. It just hasn't been well-known, right? Right. So, right, it's exactly like that. And it's like like these people, I mean, like, you know, Jacinda Ardern or like these t- totally tyrannical leaders getting groomed. And then they all just happen to wind up in positions of power doing exactly what the World Economic Forum uh, tells them to do. So it's not a coincidence, obviously. So b- before we run out of time, I just want to ask you with the metaverse, virtual reality, AI, chat GPT, where do you see all of this going? I mean, I know what I see. Okay, Yes, yes. Okay, well, a perfect example to see where this is going. I mean, for one thing, every you guys see the videos of people kind of off, often in their cars, their tragic videos, uh, you know, just kind of sobbing about how they can't afford insurance and they can't afford rent and how am I, I can't even afford rent. How am I supposed to like buy a house at any day? You know, own nothing, be happy type sob videos, um, right. which are really sad. Uh, well, the AI revolution, according to Sam Altman and plenty of other experts in this space, is going to make that a whole lot worse. I mean, estimates range from 40% to 80%. A lot of people in professional industries think that they're safe. Lawyers, doctors, not at all. They're not safe. I just saw a Microsoft piece about how uh, radiologists, you know, you can kiss your job goodbye because the AI is going to be able to, uh, you know, scan bone for fractures and things way faster than a tech would. Um, and so it's going to be wiping out jobs left and right, whole industries that will result in people out of work. And they're like rushing headlong into this, no time to stop and think if it's a good idea, We're like wiping out, you know, saving money and, and ending people's livelihoods. That's really good for people like Bill Gates and uh, Sam Altman. And so they're, they're full, full speed ahead. Um, but what's the solution, according to Sam Altman? Uh, universal basic income. And so everybody will get a universal basic income and not like, and, and a lot of people hear that and they think, Oh, like wonderful. I'll, I'll be able to finally right. take guitar lessons or, or cooking classes and I'll, I'll become a painter and like, we'll just do picnics and it will just be great. No, <laughs> it's not going to be that at all. They're not going to be paying you to go like, take guitar lessons or become a painter or find yourself on a journey, like through the mountains hiking. 
uh, <laughs> Sam Altman did a calculation. He says all these profits, all these massive profits that my company and the other tech companies are going to make by putting everyone out of work. Uh, we've actually crunched the numbers and figured out how much we can give you peasants. Uh, it'll be $13,500. And so you might think to yourself, wow. well, $13,500 might not be bad, you know, per month. That'd be great. Uh, no, that's per year. That's yeah. uh, $13,500 wow. per year. And so you look and so I look, look at Ireland. Ireland is a great example of how the universal basic income will totally take control of plenty of people's lives. I mean, and combine it with digital ID and CBDC and it's like totally game over. But you look at the protesters or rioters or whatever you want to call them in Ireland, lawmakers over there, not, they're not just trying to like end free speech and call everything hate speech and take away your uh, ability to speak out against the destruction of your country. Uh, they're also trying to freeze their UBI. Europe is much closer to having sort of a UBI-like system. Everybody gets a form of assistance. Um, well, the lawmakers are saying, we got to stop these protesters. Let's freeze their UBI. Now, I think like in, in the U.S., it'd be like freeze your Social Security uh, if you decide to use your First Amendment rights. Uh, and so that's how we, that's how it becomes effectively a social credit score system. And if once you get the, once you start getting the check, the threat of losing that check, and they're trying to do it to Irish protesters. It's winter; they like they literally want their own people to freeze and starve. Uh, it's sickening. Uh, and so that's that's where it's headed. Uh, full, full speed ahead. There's no time to wait. We got to put everybody out of work. It's just going to be great. Think about all the cool memes and videos you can make. And so if you're using AI in your day-to-day -day life, and, uh, you know, I, I, I use it to a degree, you know, like just I downloaded or I got on the wait list for Bing, Bing GPT. Uh, and uh, it actually was really great the first month that I had it. And then it slowly stopped giving me all the dirt on Bill Gates. It's like, <laughs> why would you suggest that Bill Gates is an altruistic? I was like, last month you just told me he wasn't. <laughs> but uh, anyway, <laughs> Uh, if you're using AI for your job right now, if you're in a creative field and oh, this is making things a lot better, uh, just know you're training your replacement and, uh, you know, it's helping you right now, but you've, you've got to be prepared. You've got to see what's coming down the line. Uh, you've got to take action and like, like see what, see what's coming because you can, you can be prepared. You can mitigate some of these things. Maybe you'll, uh, have a job training the AI, how to take other people's jobs, but, um, yeah, I mean, this is critical. That it's would be an awful really job have to have. Time. That would be an it awful really job would. to have. So, okay, so what what solutions? This is always my favorite question I get asked. What's, what overall, I mean, I know, there's this battlefield is so large. Um, <sighs> I know. I know. <laughs> we always do our <laughs> hey, look deep at that. We're, we're, out, we're out of time. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> get a bunker. Go buy some land. <laughs> No, buy local. Seriously, though, you got to support your uh, local farmers, local businesses. Stop funding your enemies. Uh, stop funding, you know, make commitments for 2024. You'll stop funding control guard subscriptions. It's hard. I know it's hard. It's so convenient having a lot of these things. So that's that's one thing you can do. I mean, you can also spread the word. We talked a little bit about it earlier. Once people find out what they're up to, they're forced to recalibrate. People, nobody wants this. Nobody wants this. They, uh, you know, and so they'll have to back off and they, they backed off the, the vaccine mandates and they're now begging for soldiers to come back and they're reinstating the soldiers who resisted and didn't comply 
status uh, who they dishonorably discharge is disgusting. But when people yeah. wake up and the U.S. was U.S. was one of the only countries, that's why they're the onslaught from the borders to the crime to everything is so strong here is because the U.S. we don't want to be controlled. Americans don't like to right. be controlled. Well, and and I uh, think, so when you spread think, the word. I think ahead. we're kicking their ass on the narrative. I think they're getting desperate. They're amping things up. They're trying to pull it off quicker and quicker because they see that we're completely completely on to them and that's throwing a wrench in some of this and slowing it down and so i think everything you're saying it's it's very important to not go along with it to not fund them to not comply um but so continue yes do not comply is three words two three in five words do not comply and buy local act local get involved with the local group i've been i've been meeting all these there's all kinds of groups where you like meet in real life IRL. I mean, get, you know, get outside. I mean, these seem simple things, but it can have ripple effects and like the movement can grow. Um, there's lots of, you gotta, if you, if you don't have a local organization that's, you know, talking about these kinds of things and meeting regularly, cause you never know when they're going to take out communication channels. Um, and you got to have contingencies in place. So, um, anyway, I've gotten a bunch of, uh, calls here that I've got one more interview after this. So, I've okay, to, I've got to jump. So tell off. everyone Love where they can guys. find you. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, yes. thanks for I'm joining Seamus us. Bruner. Seamus Bruner. Tom, <laughs> and then they can get your book through your website, right? They right through our wait. No, it's controlagarks.com, right? Yep. Controlagarksbook.com. Avoid avoid Amazon. Uh, controlagarksbook.com. I mean, it sends it sends people to Amazon. That's the easiest place for people, but. Uh, that's one of the reasons I wrote the book is because it's basically got a monopoly. But I do, I would recommend you get it from a local retailer, but there's a good chance it's not at your local retailer. So there's other, there's other services on there. I mean, Barnes, none of them are good. Barnes and Noble is no good, but uh, what can you do? So Amazon books a million books. I think bookshop.org actually gives uh, a and, portion of the proceeds to local booksellers. Okay. And people can find you over on X as well under Seamus Brunner, correct? Yep. At Seamus Bruner, all platforms. I'm, you know, trying to, I mean, I've got a telegram. I, I need to, uh, it's Seamus Bruner on all platforms, no numbers or anything, but I'm trying to, uh, yeah, grow social media. It's such a pain. So yeah, I mostly just post to X. I know. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We super appreciate it. Everyone pick up his book. I guarantee it'll be brilliant packed with info you don't already know. And I know you got to run to interviews. So edge will wrap it up. All right, guys. Thanks. For Thank joining. you guys. I'm, I'll see you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Pilled, Rumble, SoundCloud, Spotify, Hello. Stitcher, TuneIn. No longer on YouTube, and we'll see you back next time right here on Dig It.